everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Nick's Notes. Today, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence in healthcare. Is it more intelligent or is it more artificial? And I'll start by sharing a story about something interesting in my previous life as an engineer. I was reading very recently that there are now three nanometer transistors. There are fabrication facilities that can make transistors with a three nanometer channel length. And when I was in grad school in 1992 in electrical engineering, that length was three micron, which is a thousand times as big, right? But since my, since transistors are built in two dimensions, it, we've actually reduced, increased the density of what we can put on a transistor by 1 million times, right? And back when I did my master's thesis, I did it on a material system called gallium arsenide. And one of my professors at grad school said gallium arsenide is the technology of the future and it always will be. And it's turned out to be true because silicon has moved so quickly and at such incredible innovation, pace of innovation that we've never needed gallium arsenide for other than very specific or unique use cases. And similarly, we hear a lot of talk about AI in healthcare, right? And I, I sort of have opinions about AR and VR broadly in healthcare and AR and VR more broadly, you know, overall, but certainly in healthcare, we hear a lot about artificial intelligence and machine learning. And my take on this is that machine intelligence has an incredibly important place in healthcare because of the simple fact that there are not enough doctors and that shortage is going to increase and because healthcare is, people are living longer, so healthcare is phenomenally more complicated than it was because people are suffering from a multitude of diseases that require medications that often conflict or interact with each other. I think that it is after three daily medications, each additional daily medication uh, increases the chance of medication interaction-related complications by 50% right? And when you talk about the average kidney patient in America or the average diabetic in America, they're likely to be taking six to 12 daily medications. So think about that, right? So machines can do with exact precision and repetitive accuracy what humans cannot, just like there's an art to medicine that doctors can understand the unique needs or specific life circumstance or mental status of an individual patient and may prescribe different care plans to two totally different, to two people with very similar disease states. Machines can make sure that the precision of hey, this person's taking these eight medications. Let's look out for this, this, and this. These symptoms in the context of these medications mean this, this, and this. So machine and, and can spot things, radiological imaging. In radiology, the machines are already being used, robotic surgery. So machine-driven intelligence has an incredibly, incredibly important place to play. And I would bet I would go very long on the importance of artificial intelligence and machine learning in healthcare. That being said, there's an important 
couple of comments to make. The first is that there's an important difference between machine learning and artificial intelligence, right? And people talk about those things related. It's always AI slash ML and whatever. And, but that's because most people don't know what they mean, right? Just like everyone's excited about NFTs, but how many people really understand blockchain in the world, right? So machine learning is about teaching a machine the the and giving software the tools to learn a based on an extremely powerful set of data to then use that learning to look at an incomplete set of data to make a best guess as to an outcome just as a human doctor does right one of the things we don't know is when we when in medication in healthcare one of the most interesting things that people hear about is oh this medication is 60% effective in lowering cholesterol that actually doesn't mean it lowers your cholesterol by 60% right what it does mean is it works on 60% of the people and it doesn't work on the other 40% of the people right most anti-depression medications have a 50-50 efficacy rate. So doctors are working by trial and error. And these are the kinds of things where combining machine learning with genetic testing and phenotype-based learnings, it can help guide predictability in, in a quicker path to getting the person on the right medication. That's just one example. That's what machine learning does. Artificial intelligence is a machine that has, you know, Skynet, we all think about, right, from the Terminator series. It has the intelligence to take a lack of data or percept perceptual data or experiential data and actually learn and think in a way that emulates human thinking or, or improves human thinking, right? And we hear about how IBM's Deep Blue beat Ken Jennings or whoever it was in Jeopardy or Chess or whatever. Those are learned behaviors. Every possible outcome can be planned, predicted, analyzed, put in probabilities, that's great. That's machine learning. That's where looking at healthcare, looking at medication interference, looking at radiology, looking at um, titration doses for 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 kidney patients, looking at the mix of dialysate, looking at these infusion treatments for specific cancer patients, and looking at that in context of their very complex genome is is extremely powerful and will be done and should be done and is being worked on in everything from fertility to all the other areas I mentioned, right? Artificial intelligence in the notion of, hey, this machine's going to replace the art and science of medicine, to replace the doctor, to replace the human touch, and be better, in my opinion, is farther out. And it's farther out primarily because the interaction of two human beings, the doctor and a patient, if that doctor is a caring doctor who takes the time to get to know the patient. And, you know, one of the things we did at Heal was do house calls and see the patient in their own home environment and understand, right, is a extremely, uh, extremely hard thing to emulate because human interaction is literally what makes us human, right? There's a, there's a chemistry between two people and an understanding and a picture's worth a thousand words things. But the other big reason is the lack of data, right? All machines require data. And just now, just a month and a half ago, the Cures Act became real and hopefully we'll get data out of the walled gardens of EMRs like Epic, which I always call an Epic disaster and right, that, that have held back innovation in healthcare. Getting that data out 
is one part of the puzzle, but then getting a complete picture of the data. Let's say you have the person's clinical health data, but you don't know what they eat every day. You don't know what their life circumstances are. Maybe now you have, they have an aura ring or a whatever, and you know how they slept. Maybe you have remote monitoring, so you know their blood pressure, blood sugar. But unless you know the totality of the human being, it's difficult to make predictive decisions for that human being. Now, let's be clear. When we hear about Tesla cars having car accidents and fatal car accidents, okay, there have been 17 fatalities with Teslas on autopilot mode or, you know, whatever. Sometimes those, those stats are very skewed because they don't talk about for the same billions of miles that human-driven cars have driven, how many thousands of more accidents have there been, right? It's not 17 compared to zero. It's 17 compared to thousands, right? Similarly, it's like, oh, we can talk about that at anything where, oh, this Grubhub got my order wrong. How many times do you go to pick up the food at your, the restaurant yourself and get the order wrong, right? So that, that part is there and doctors are not perfect and medical errors are the third leading cause of death in the United States, right? So when we talk about AI, we should set the bar at being better than the human standard, not perfect, but still the lack of data and the lack of experiential information and the totality of the human experience and the psychosomatic views that that person has, right? Healthcare isn't always logical and the practice of medicine isn't always logical. And the way that I know that right now is that there are people refusing to get a life-saving vaccination that will prevent them from getting COVID and move America to herd immunity, right? What people in India would kill for right now, the vaccines are being ignored by 40% of Republican voters right now, right? And I don't want to make this about politics, but my point is that humans are not logical always and don't follow the science always, and machines do, and there's where the art comes in, the persuasion aspects of getting people to do that. So I'm very bullish on AI and machine learning in healthcare. I think machine learning will continue to evolve and is used in a lot of places today, right? A great example is Amazon's Health Lakes natural language processing of taking the bespoke health notes out of, a, out of an EMR and turning it into something machines can understand so that they can process right? It's being used in fertility, it's being used in uh, medication uh, interference in radiology, and I think that will continue to advance. I think AI in healthcare is probably five years away from mainstream applications, probably two decades away from replacing or, or succeeding the, the human doctor's capability in the ability. And it's going to take alongside things like quantum computing and processing power that is 10x and 100x what we even have in the best supercomputers today, which is a million x what we had just a couple of decades ago, right? Because we're talking about understanding the dynamic of human behavior, right? So overall, I'm very bullish, but I don't look at you know, when I hear, oh, we're AI for this in healthcare, right? It's cool to say on a slide in an investor deck, are you really AI? You know what? Hiring some offshore people to do the work is probably way better for your patients, right? And probably more cost effective. And that's not to say we shouldn't push the innovation, but I'm saying that we should regulate our enthusiasm relative to the realistic timeframes and the blocking and tackling that we have to do to make these technologies work for human beings. I'm Nick Desai. That's Nick's notes. I hope you enjoyed and please share your comments.